Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. In this episode, we're discussing positivity and happiness. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Our last mission was to identify one source of negativity in your life and try different ways to work through it. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? I had a lot of opportunity to practice. (laughs) No. Okay, so I'm being a little facetious, but I did have an opportunity to practice. So I I don't know. I'm not going to say that I chose, but I guess uh, the opportunity that arose, let's say that, was uh, working with my anger. So, um, and in particular, working with anger, um, you know, I guess related to other people. So, um, and I'm not going to get into specifics because it's, you know, it's boring. Uh, But in working with anger, Uh, related to situations and um, other people, it's first of all, recognizing I have anger um, is a big one for me. Uh, But then just uh, working through it to say to, you know, kind of the steps that I'm working through is, okay, what's going on? And why am I angry? So not just, (laughs) you know, my initial thoughts are like, well, because that person's being a, a, you know, fill in (laughs) right any kind of word you want of course but then it really is okay so um what is um what's going on here and i had uh well i had someone share with me that anger is uh you know really um an emotion or excuse me a, a response rather to something that you care about feeling threatened so it is like okay so let's look at that and then it's kind of just walking through asking why and reflecting on okay what is going on and then from there trying to figure out what am I going to do about it and is particularly if it's related to another person is it a situation in which I feel like I need to have some sort of conversation um, or is it something that I am going to let go of because not everything requires a confrontation sometimes it may sometimes it may not and if it does you know I had to that was one of my options and it I had to really work through like okay if I do that what is what would be the reasoning behind it and it had to be more than just like fixing my ego you know like making my ego feel better um and so yeah that's 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 what i chose to focus on and 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 i should say so as i'm working through choosing that source i would say of negativity which because i didn't it didn't feel great i had a lot of negative feelings about um this person uh, that I had this situation with. And uh, so what I did was I feel like um, in a couple episodes ago when we talked about the resentment prayer, I did that for, I did that. And I feel like that's really been working for me. So that's what I did in this situation. Not yet. I did it in another situation. It worked out really well. And so I will be taking that into this situation. um, And that's just, you know, um, praying for that person's uh, well-being and good fortune and getting the negativity that I have surrounding that situation off of me. Now, that doesn't mean that 
I just let go of the anger or anything like that. But like the negativity and the, like the festering that can go. Cause I don't, I don't need to hang on to that. I totally, yeah, I totally relate to that. Absolutely. It was interesting. We were talking in our pre-show talk about how the mission has a tendency to happen. Like we're like, well, let's set a mission that's happier this time. <laughs> <laughs> because uh it was really funny because i was like oh yeah what, what was the mission again that we had i just want to make sure and it was and it was this one i was like oh i know exactly what we're going to talk about because as a writer and publisher uh, i have to deal with reviews and i know that there are plenty of people who would look at the reviews that i got and not read them as negative reviews first of all right but i am the type of person who likes to strive for excellence too so to me any review that is not a five-star review is not a review I'm particularly enjoying, which I know isn't the greatest way to be, but it's the way I am. And I embrace that. And there were some reviews that were like four stars and three and a half stars. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my first reaction is when somebody is criticizing me is to say, that's not true. And some of the reasons why I say that's not true is because I say they don't make sense or they don't understand or they don't do this. But the truth of the matter is that the juxt of what the person who's talking to me, um, they're, they're telling me a feeling. And that feeling is true for them, regardless as to whether or not I choose to accept it. Mm -hmm. And if I am the person who's putting my art out into the world, I could choose to either take that in or take it out. But I don't get to decide that that person is feeling wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at the reviews and although some of the people didn't make sense and some of the things that they were saying didn't mean when somebody, it's the reader's job to tell me how they feel. It's the writer's job to know how to fix what's wrong. Right. So they're trying to tell me this is where it went wrong. And I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, the way you're saying to fix it, I know a better way. Like there was like scenes that I cut that I, I really want to put back. And usually what I do with that type of criticism for me is I think, okay, good. I'll take that into account and I'll put it out for the next time because I'm rarely a person who goes back. And that's usually because I don't have time to go back or I've never had the luxury of going back. And this time I went, wait a minute, actually, these are really great reviews because I want this to be a big, big, big hit. And I have some friends because uh, I do the Clifton Strengths who are very high and restorative. They're the kind of people who fix problems and take their time and follow through. And then this message this week is to work our way through it. And I started to think to myself, well, what would it take to just go back and fix that? I mean, I'm the publisher, Brianna. I'm in charge. I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm used to having that much power in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to you. I talked to Edie um, and, you know, my sister and it's actually quite easy to fix. And now I feel even more excited and even more happy. And believe it or not, something that I would only think that most people are lying about, but now that I'm experiencing it is true, I'm grateful for those quote unquote negative reviews. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is I'm going to have a better book and I know what I'm doing that I need to do more. I need to show my work a little bit better. Sometimes I gloss over details in life or when I'm explaining something, because it feels like obvious and I'm an impatient person and people are like, but that's the good part. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. That's the good part. I thought I was boring you. And they're like, no, that's what we're tuning in for. I'm like, Oh, allow myself to enjoy what I write more. And I don't, 
I don't know. It just, it was a very fulfilling experience that started off, in my opinion, with me seeing it very negatively. So mm-hmm. I was excited. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love that. And yes, when we talked about that uh, in the pre-show, that just is so exciting. And I think I do want to step back for just a second, because um, I think I talked about in my, exam- in my example, um, like my anger as if it were something negative, And that's not what I meant. I will say I was working through my anger to avoid getting into a more negative place of like festering and whatnot. So I just want to make that clear, because I don't think that neg- anger is negative. Um, although I may have had that thought in the past, um, I think it's really important to go back. Uh, I just want to make that really clear. Anger, not negative, <laughs> um, but uh, using some of the skills that we talked about last week so that I could avoid getting into that festery, what could turn into a negative kind of festering, festering place. But we're going to leave that there because this week... We're talking all about positivity and happiness. And you and I both had that opportunity to take some of the negative things and then turn them around. But when we're talking about positivity and happiness, Christy, what does that mean for you? I love this topic and I love this concept. And it has some dangers built in, right? I am the kind of person, once I work through a problem, that may be... (laughs) Okay, so for instance, I have some health issues, and I am the kind of person who consistently has decided when I'm feeling a little better uh, to think, I'm cured. It'll never be like that again. It's over with. Um, And when I think of positivity, I think of positivity being happiness, Brianna. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. if I am, like, I, I have to always avoid the trap of thinking that the only reason why I'm sad or not feeling happy or having positive feelings is because I must be thinking negative thoughts. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I can say that when I'm thinking in a more productive and healthy manner and I'm more centered, that I can realize that being positive increases the happiness that I do have. And it helps me work through some of the more difficult emotions I have to lead an overall more meaningful existence, but not necessarily one that is inherently happy. And I know that's kind of a bummer, but it's not a bummer. Mm -hmm. It just, it gives me permission to realize that just because I'm not happy doesn't mean I'm not positive. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm negative, it doesn't, Brianna, I have been plenty negative and judgmental uh, about people and things and done it joyously, Brianna, because I was in that mood. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Where I'm just like, oh, really? I don't think any of this is good at all. Mm -hmm. Judge, 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 judge. But I'm happy. Um, And it's important for me to make that distinction. <laughs> I'll just start with that. Okay. And over to you. <laughs> I love it. I think I I think that that's a great way. I think that's a great way to start. And I think it is important to make that distinction um, because I do I do agree. I mean, I think it when we talked about this as an episode topic, um, <laughs> first of all, we both wanted we both wanted a topic that was a little a little more upbeat because we are really experiencing. Um, I don't know. I'm just I've even with, we're ready for good times, right? <laughs> we just really are ready for um, a, a, an upbeat episode. I think not not that talking about negativity and, and getting rid of it is necessarily a downer, but 
I just wanted to definitely have a, a an upbeat episode. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, it is important to make that distinction because I I don't, you know, as we've talked about here before, um, there isn't going to be a time when you're going to be all one thing. And definitely uh, with even cultivating that positive outlook, it doesn't mean that all the negativity or all the sadness or all the whatever uh, is just going to go away. It's still going to be there. So um, when we said we were going to do positivity and happiness, just making, as you said, making that distinction or making it clear, we're not saying positivity means you're just going to be happy all the time and everything's going to be, you know, perfect and and nothing will ever go wrong. So after that downer, <laughs> um, I would say uh, for me, the distinction or or how I've been looking at it is um, positivity is, as we've talked about before, um, and as you uh, talked about, is positivity is the outlook, it's the perspective or the attitude that kind of I carry with me, like it's how I view the world, whereas happiness just happens to be the emotion I may be, ha- may be having at any given moment in reaction to whatever I'm, what's going on. And because I have that positive outlook, I feel like I get to spend more time in happiness than I maybe did before. Uh, but it, but, <clears throat> and I'm grateful and really happy about that, I guess. Um, uh, and, um, and continuing to work on the positive outlook because while I'm while I'm very pleased with where I'm at it's it's a space that has to be maintained and I think and I think there's still gain to ground ground to gain gain to ground and I think that there's still ground to gain absolutely I uh, I think the hope behind talking about positivity and happiness is that I feel like positivity is almost the operating system that allows more happiness to come in. It's a way of thinking, whereas happiness is a state of where you are in a moment. And I can be positive about suffering. I could be positive about sadness. I could be positive about grief and I can experience all those emotions. But if I'm absolutely honest, what I'm in this for is I want to be I want to be happier. I want to be more fulfilled. I don't want to, my only, if I'm really honest, my only interest in entertaining the more negative emotions is that I know that if I don't entertain them, it'll block out everything because I went through that period of absolute numbness. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I don't work through my anger, my, my fear, my impotence, my rage, my grief, if I don't work through those things, I don't actually get the joy, the gratitude, the happiness, the fulfillment, the deep meaning, the love that I'm looking for in life. And so I think what's really exciting about talking about happiness and joy uh, and positivity is that it can be a really, it could be a tremendous gateway. Positive thinking can be a way for you to recognize a lot of the happiness that you have in your life already that you may not fully be embracing and experiencing. Example, gratitude. Every once in a while, 
I will wake up and because I've, we've done a podcast or I've listened to something positive or I've been around people who are very uplifting, I will wake up, I will look out the window and the view from my window is that much more beautiful. My coffee tastes exciting. I'm more grateful for my partner and I experience more happiness in that moment because I've been around positive people thinking positive thoughts. And it doesn't matter that physically nothing has changed, right? The sun shined like this. Well, actually the sun shines very uniquely each day, you could say, but the view out of my window is essentially the same, right? It's my car, that guy, you know what I mean? In the back, mm -hmm. there's a mountain, but there's all these um, power lines between me and the mountain, but I don't see the power lines as much. You, you know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. get that ability to experience more gratitude, more hope, more joy. I can see that Let's take my the negative feelings I had to work through for the for the book that I went through. I'm really glad I got those reviews because when one person like and they they were advanced reader copy reviews, right? So not very many people have read the book, but I have enough feedback for me to be like, okay, wait, I know how to make this a bigger hit. Do you know what I'm saying? And then I could just mm -hmm. fix it and feel the flexibility and power of being my own boss who gets to call the shots. Like for once, not for once, but I can realize that I have the power to change the situation. And now I don't have to see that review. What, what happened is like my brain thinks, my brain has a tendency to interpret criticism as where I'm wrong, not as necessarily an opportunity for me to get it better, to improve. And because we've been doing a lot of these learning, you know, it's all about learning. We're mm -hmm. always looking for an opportunity because we've been doing this over and over again. Listen, I don't know that I'm ever going to be, but I may be, maybe the person who immediately sees that that quickly, but I'm not married to having to be completely different. I don't mind just making small changes to make my life just generally a little bit better. And, and I really do think positivity can help you experience more happiness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about how going through some of these things can help you with the learning and um, the growth. And I think too, you know, I think there's, um, and I, and I appreciate hearing you talk too about the incremental change, you know, that it doesn't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, uh, ta-da, everything's different. <laughs> Although sometimes it can be, right? Sometimes it can things be, and I are, love it when it's like that. Are that big. They are that big, and that that can be great. Um, but sometimes it is just, just the smallest little, like, quarter turn in the way that you see something, and it that in and of itself can be, I find, uh, incredibly... Um, positive, <laughs> uh, in a way that just kind of has propelled me forward to whatever this next thing is. And I'm thinking of um, just some opportunities I've been able to have lately. I know a couple episodes ago, uh, I was talking about, um, I had an experience where I was going to choose kind of a snarky <laughs> snarky negative reply like I was going to send it like shoot off an email right like snarky it was dripping with not 
great energy. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm really not going to do that. Let's just not put that there. And, and instead I just made the choice. I'm going to choose to do something. I'm going to choose not to do that negative thing. I'm going to instead choose to have some, I, I, I did some positive affirmations since we've been working on those um, for the last couple months, I, I used some positive affirmations instead, and I went about my business. And what I got from that, um, what came out of that, I'm not saying, I don't know. I, I, I had an opportunity then that came literally right on the heels of that. That made me feel so much more um, fulfilled. And ultimately, when I got through that um, opportunity, that project, so much more fulfilled, so much more confident, so much more positive and happy um, than I ever could have by just kind of sending that commiserating kind of snarky, like, isn't it awful email um, that I just think it's it it can be those small little opportunities to make a different choice to make a choice for positivity that can later down the it, it can be an immediate happiness a, you know burst of happiness or it can be something then that takes us you know a few steps later down the road and we we reap the benefits of it a little bit later we we don't always know but I just I don't know. I just being on this path and doing this work and making these choices and and actively making intentional choices to be more positive, I think has been incredible and in a way that I'm really glad that we're talking about it today because I feel like that too is important. It's important then to acknowledge when you've started this work, it's important to acknowledge your successes. Absolutely. I, I, I actually, yeah, I, I'm going to write that down actually. No, I do think that that is a key. I think I'm very quick to look at where I messed up and then feel bad about myself and then try to negate the lesson. Like I don't stop to look at the lesson. And then other times I just take for granted the things that I do well or something that don't matter. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like somehow my inherent talent isn't the talent that is worthy. Mm -hmm. I was literally just with a, a friend of mine who we did the Clifton strengths and he was not at all pleased with some of the talents that came there. And all I could think of when I saw them was um, one, uh, one of your talents is um, restorative, which is the one where that sees problems. So I could like, oh, I could see a restorative working here. Mm -hmm. And then also um, just thinking, wow, but these are like the great artistic strengths. Like, why wouldn't you want these? That's amazing. And it's just interesting to see that sometimes there's a hiccup where I take for granted the things that I'm good at and I magnify the things that I'm not as good at. And I do think like acknowledging where my victories are and acknowledging my assets is where a lot of my new happiness has come from. 
I always thought that some of my traits were I'm more motivated by outer circumstances to complete mm-hmm. something that, that is not a valid motivation for doing things because a lot of other people are more inwardly motivated. They just want to be the best version of themselves and they're not competitive with other people or they don't care about reviews. They're going to do the work that they're going to do. And I've got to say, I'm very concerned with how my message lands. And because of that, I can take a look at these reviews or look at whatever's happening. Like if I'm doing comedy and I'm not getting laughs, I can switch that type of thinking to go, oh, okay, well, this is where I can fix up this joke. This is where I can do things. And I think I've specifically sought out places like comedy and like writing and art where I get a reaction from people so that I can learn from that reaction. And I think that is a good thing about me. It can be a very painful thing, but the fact that I'm willing to endure it is a good, like is an asset of mine. A lot of people would dread the idea of going into a comedy club and knowing that inevitably they were going to have to bomb, that they were opening themselves up to that much judgment. But I enjoy the challenge of that. And I enjoy the victory of that so much that I'm willing to take the hits, right? It's like, I could never be a boxer because uh, I would just spend the whole time flinching. And I just don't think that's very entertaining and sportsmanlike. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you, you brought up so many interesting points I'll touch on a few of them. One of the one of the things that has gotten in my way sometimes of experiencing positivity and happiness is that I don't wait for it to come. Okay, something that I initially perceive to be negative, I immediately impatiently act on it. Like you were going to just send an email and then you stopped yourself. You may even type some of it, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, you know what? Nope, nope. I'm not engaging with this. I'm just going to leave that out there. I'm going to move on. And I'm just going to let that sit. And I remember distinctly uh, a lady that was giving me some advice said to me, she says, sometimes the best course of action is to do nothing. And I will say, because of my impatience, sometimes I've robbed myself of the positive result of doing nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you would be amazed at how just working through that initial discomfort working through that initial knee-jerk reaction, sometimes what gets in the way of my positive thinking and gets in the way of my happiness is my impatience and my unwillingness to sit in the discomfort of non-action. Now, some people are really good at not taking action. I'm the kind of person who likes to jump around and do stuff that may or may not be getting me anywhere. You know, like the kind of person who would like, get off the freeway and make a million turns just to get stuck in another bit of traffic. And you're like, if you would have just waited. Uh, now, now, because I have a little bit of a car here, that's one of the few places where I get it right, where I just stay put. Mm-hmm. But I am like that in every other arena of my life. And the only reason why I'm not like that in the car is because of outside circumstances that made me afraid. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. from like that inherent good place of patience. It's from fear of making it worse, which isn't at all positive. <laughs> So all I'm saying is sometimes what is getting in the way of what's getting in the way of happiness or getting a positive result after something that you perceive as negative is impatience and the inability to wait in that discomfort of that hole that is there and this desperate need to take some sort of act to fix it. And some things do actually 
turn out okay without me running around and shoving my fingers places where they shouldn't belong. Keep mm-hmm. your hands inside the vehicle. <laughs> yes. Because when you're making all those turns to <laughs> avoid all the traffic. I think a lot of metaphors in there. but <laughs> No, but you're right. I mean, I think that there is that... Um... And that is, I think, part of the work. And I don't know that we've necessarily talked about that quite, quite yet. And I'm going to give me a second as I as I cast my memory back. Um, But I do think that that was a part of, um, you know, that was a part of the positivity work when we first started it. A part of the reframing was having to catch the, having to catch the glitch, you know, like when you're being negative, having to catch the glitch, but there was that moment where you had to, you had to catch it, right? Which means you had to slow down enough. You had to slow your reaction time down enough to see where you were going negative. Mm -hmm. And I forget I'm going to have to think about it a little bit and maybe we'll come back and talk about it next week. Cause I, it's, it's like just barely there. Um, but it is, I'm so glad you talked about that, that, uh, the, that, um, that reaction piece and, and not jumping into then, you know, you, you have the experience and then just jumping into the reaction, but actually slowing down and thinking about, okay, well, what's going on here and do I actually need to do something or, can I just take a beat, think about it, and then maybe strategize a little bit or just think about it and then do nothing? Because I think one of the things that I found is that I historically am not a confrontational person. Mm-hmm. And so if I you know, was in a situation where I had anger and it was in relation to another person Then I would, I would end up like either mostly just turning that back on myself. And that's where a lot of, not a lot, but that's where, you know, a source of the negativity for me would come from. Well, as I got more confident in myself, then I would start, I, I got more confrontational and not in a, inappropriate way, but I think what I had to learn was why am I confronting and am Mm -hmm. I confronting out of positivity and a sense of there is actually a, you know, a reason for this and, and something needs to be done or something needs to be said. And usually if I'm advocating for another person, then I'm fine. Or is this just, you know, my ego (laughs) and I just need, you know, I just need to say my piece, right? Like, and I'm not describing it very well, but I think there's a difference between like, there's a difference between I just need to soothe my ego and I need to advocate for something. There's, there's a difference there. And so I think in doing this positivity work and then a lot of the growth and learning that's come as a part of that, I've been able to, again, coming back to that, slow that reaction time down to really see, to be what's going on, do some reflection, 
and then make some more um, intentional choices to make the more positive choice that's in line with, you know, that sense of positivity, optimism, and, and, you know, some of the other values that I hold so that um, I'm, I'm not actually making more problems for myself. And I think overall, I mean, I guess the longer way to say that then is overall, then I find myself in fewer challenging situations with others. Um, and then there's just more space then to have the more positive, um, more positive experiences. Absolutely. I think a lot of times things that make me unhappy are my thoughts about what something means. Like when this person did this, they meant that. And I, there's a lot of projection on my part. In a lot of it, I find it really interesting that as a person who does things like, or who has done like stand-up comedy and who writes books and does these things, I'm literally putting my work and my hard work out to be judged. I mean, big time judged, right? <laughs> and I'm very sensitive to judgment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if I feel I've been judged harshly, I can have a lot of anger. Sometimes I thought I was judged harshly, but I misunderstood what the person meant, or I thought they were implying something. And a lot of times in order for me to, more, to be more positive, I could just ask for clarity. Other times I'm resentful and angry because I perceive this person as having more power and forcing me into a situation that I don't want to be in. And then in that instance, I think I've mentioned it before, but there's been times in my life where I'm not going to tell, tell the same boring story about the same person who kept asking me so many questions because I've used that every time. Uh, I will say that because I publish and write books and I've had some success that other people who would like to publish and write books seek me out. And I used to enjoy helping them a great deal, but there have been other people where I just don't enjoy it. And what I realized is when people are asking me for advice, I did not, before I set the meeting, establish a clarity in what they really wanted and to see if I could really give it. And I was getting more and more resentful to people because basically they were saying was, how do I get what you have without doing the work you did? Mm -hmm. And I can really shortcut that for you. Like I can shortcut that for people by saying, avoid these five things that I did that made it harder for me. So you don't have to do that work. You don't have to make my mistakes, learn from my mistakes. But most of the time people want me to tell them that they're going to be a best-selling author and they haven't even written the book yet. And when they tell me the idea for the book and I tell them that book may be harder to become a bestseller, but any book can be, which is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But if you're having, I'll give you, if anybody out there is a writer, if you're writing a book and you can't pick out another book that is like yours, that has been a bestseller, you may be having a little bit of a problem because you need a lot of money to market a completely new idea. If you don't know where you would put your book in like a category on Amazon or what shelf it would be put on, that makes it even harder for your book to be found, right? Because if you're in a store or you're on the internet and you're looking for something, it needs to be put in a very particular place. Why is this important? That lack of clarity 
and that lack of boundary setting that I've had with people mm-hmm. has made people believe that I have some sort of magic to give them and my inability to just be very clear. Like, I don't want to be somebody's dream killer, Mm -hmm. but I do have to say the facts of what it is I did. And because I love writing and everything about it. And because I don't, I like to share the exciting news because in my opinion, who wants to hear the boring news? Well, it turns out, Brianna, I do people a disservice by not saying, uh, do you want to be a writer? Key one, can you spend a lot of time in a room alone? Mm-hmm. And I mean, is it ever lonely? Yes. Yes, it is. Do I ever talk about that? Eh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, it's worth it. But I realized that I painted like an overly, in the name of optimism, in the name of positivity, I didn't show my work Mm -hmm. and I've misled people to think it's easy. I think it's absolutely possible. I think it with the right kind of work, it's almost even probable to have some success in this current market. And it's a lot of hard work and discomfort. And one of the things that I have to realize is I would have a lot more positivity and happiness if I were better at communicating the things that people may need to hear if they're truly seeking my advice and not just what they want to hear. And it's my hesitancy to say things that are difficult that causes me a lot of stress. Because once we get into that, then they're like, oh, I'm just going to call you 20 times a day and they still haven't written anything. And now I get angry because they're just wasting my time. But the truth of the matter is they just want hope And I have accidentally misrepresented myself as the fountain of hope. And now I'm angry and they're wondering why they can't call me anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like a lack of boundaries, a lack of uh, wanting avoidance, I think, is the big one. I'm avoiding saying uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going to be more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Where if I were just to just rip that Band-Aid off, say the uncomfortable thing in, in the nicest and kindest way possible. Listen, it's going to be a lot of time alone. You need to write a certain kind of book. If you can't, then I don't know exactly how to help you, but maybe you could find someone else who can or figure out your own way. But this is the way I know. And let it be over. Yeah. Well, it's uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, go ahead. No, I said, but it's uncomfortable. That was the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something, and I I just wrote myself a little note to practice saying uncomfortable things. I think you and I have talked over the last couple of years that, you know, we're getting practice doing uncomfortable things, but I really, that really resonates with me because I feel like in an effort to be positive, in an effort to be diplomatic, I use that word a lot, um, especially when we're talking about the professional setting. Um, you know, you want you want to go into things and and be uh, say what you got to say, but find ways to be diplomatic. But I find that sometimes what that ends up being is you don't really get your message across, and then you, as you said, you kind of come out like, "Wait, I wasn't actually being very clear," and now somehow I'm. Maybe not worse off than when I started, but definitely not any better. Um, so I think that sometimes very worse. Sometimes very worse. <laughs> in my, in my life. <laughs> right, right, right. Definitely, it can get worse. Um, 
but I do think that there is a connotation of saying um, of of because we have to maybe give, and I'm using air quotes that you can't see, but because we have to give bad news, that that is negative. And, and I guess maybe it is, but that is a part of life. Like there is going to be a point at which I have to tell someone something they don't want to hear. Uh, that doesn't feel good. I don't like doing it. Um, and so to, uh, you know, I guess to avoid it, I, I have, have and do try to soften that or find ways to, yeah, I'll say soften it. Um, but it doesn't work. And it doesn't actually end up making anybody happy because then either they're very unclear, I'm unclear, or, you know, it just, it leaves, it, 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 it leaves the situation very muddled. Or as you've said, or, it, or it, with the example that you gave rather, you know, the other person ends up getting what they need and want. And then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't, I don't like this. And then I definitely don't have positive feelings and I'm definitely not very happy afterwards. So I appreciate that. Um, I just, I really appreciate that example. Um, and we'll be taking that uh, into the next few weeks as an opportunity to, you know, really practice being more clear uh, when having to do or having to have some of those more challenging or more difficult conversations in effort to, I guess, in the long run, foster positivity, she says with a question mark. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely true. I remember distinctly someone asking if they could, you know, have a conversation with me. At first they wanted to meet and they lived in Malibu and I lived in Silmar and uh, you're welcome to internet stalk me all you want. <laughs> Somewhere is very far from Malibu. And there was a time in my life where I would have felt the need to at least meet someone halfway. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing her a favor. So I'm 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 not gonna drive halfway even between Silmar and Malibu to do you a favor. Like you literally have not called me in nine years for lunch or for anything. Now you want free information. And I found out this is what was amazing. They weren't even willing to meet me halfway. They wanted me to go to this fabulous place that they take me to lunch in Malibu as if that was a big treat for me. And listen, Malibu's lovely, but I'm not driving an hour of my way in LA traffic and then an hour back so that I could get lunch. I am a grown up lady. I have money for my own lunch. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That's not the big favorite was. That isn't the big treat. I'm not 15 without a car. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that going out to lunch is a big deal, but there are many restaurants between here and there that I could just pay money to and go myself. This was in uh, pre-Panini times, right? So I said, that's not happening, which I think took them aback for a second because I've learned to just say, that's not happening to some things. And I was like, but I could have a conversation with you. I actually have time tomorrow. Or no, I actually wrote back because we were going back and forth. And I said, I have time right now. And she was very much, uh, yeah, can we make it 20 minutes? Now, I'm holding open the start of my writing day to do this. And I'm like, yeah, I can do 20 minutes because I still haven't made my coffee. And that'll be great. And I'll think a little bit. But now I have this open loop. And she did the thing that people have done to me. And um, I told her, okay, yeah, if we do that in 20 minutes, but I only have a half hour. 
And she did that thing where she's like, oh, it's just going to be five more minutes, 10 more minutes after 22 minutes. And I should have cut it like, no, but it was almost one of those weird things where I'd already invested. Do you know what I'm saying? So now I'd feel Mm -hmm. petty because I told her I had until one o'clock. So why can't I talk? I'll just talk for 10 minutes. And then she kept me on the phone and I didn't establish that boundary. And I was really, really increasingly angry the whole time. And I tried to wrap her a couple of times and she was manipulative people. I'll just say it how I feel. I feel like she was manipulating me to staying on the phone. And then she did the power move. Well, well, I've got to go now. So that was really great. And then she even later critiqued the advice I gave her, which she misinterpreted. And also was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's mm-hmm. for other people. Like the hard work part. And sure enough, three months later, um, what do you know about audiobooks? <laughs> and I was... I don't know anything. If you find out anything, please let me know. Because mm. uh, I, I haven't been doing out of books. I'm honing doing one thing at a time, which is my new thing. And no more messages. But every once in a while now, she'll like, oh, all these positive comments all over my books. But my mind went, okay, I am not great with establishing boundaries. I am not good with She's very charming and and just very good at if it's a battle of wills, this person is going to win. But I don't have to talk to them. Like I lived nine years before that phone call. I am no longer available for advice to you because of my own shortcoming. And I've got to tell you the relief that I had just realizing, listen, my other, my old self would have said, you just got to get better at doing boundaries. You just got to do, you know, like just, just be different. And the truth of the matter is this is a very charismatic person who I don't want to go out of my way to disappoint, but I can just say I'm not available in the beginning. That's easier for me to do than opening up that whole bag of worms. Is that a thing? Bag of worms? Is that the phrase? Can of worms? Can. Yes, they are canned, not bagged. Even <laughs> grosser. Even grosser. Um, is even is grosser a word even? Do I know what words are? Am I a writer? What's happening, Brianna? Um, the point being, sometimes in order to be more positive and happy, like the second I realized, oh, wait, I never have to help that person again. Boundary set. Like sometimes just acknowledging, I have a lot of negative feelings because with that person, I don't understand everyone myself. I don't even know how to get up a phone conversation with them. That's it's never gonna happen. She's too charismatic. She's got a she's got an accent. She's really good looking, and it makes me feel weird. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's never gonna happen. So you're off the list of people that I that I'm allowed to help anymore because I don't know what I lose myself. And then uh, and then I was incredibly happy and joyous. Like I used to have this weird feeling every time she would comment on a like a social media post or something like oh no she's gonna come for me again am i gonna get trapped into helping her do no i'm gonna end up helping her move or do her taxes because these things have really happened to me and the answer is no mm-hmm. no i don't i could just that can will remain sealed mm-hmm. and gross <laughs> can of worms bag of worms i think a bag is actually better than canned Mm -mm, because then you could feel them all squirmy gross let's stop talking about worms (laughs) i'm gonna have nightmares oh gosh um that was long 
No, no. I think, though, that it's really valuable because as we talk about all the time, it really highlights the need for self-awareness and for not or and for self-awareness, being aware of like, you know, uh, what how are you feeling about things? Um, What are your abilities? What are your strengths? Where do you need some help with things? What can you do? What can you not do? And being okay with whatever the the answer to those questions happens to be, you know, in this case, you know, you're aware of what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And that allows you to know where you can set that boundary, right? And the boundary is, I'm just not even opening that door. It's not, I'm going to open the door and then set the boundaries over here and here and here. It's like, I'm not even opening the door. And I think that that is really valuable because I used to think that all my boundaries were the same for everything and for everyone. And, or that all of, um, um, that the, you know, that it, it, if I was, um, all of the, like the way I looked at things that, that things just were gonna, like, I, I just felt very like I, and maybe this is just because I, you, you know, you're young and you just don't have a lot of, <laughs> you just don't have a lot of life experience. And then you get older and you're like, oh, I see how the world works. Um, but just, just understanding that there's so much variance and you're going to have to, Well, I also grew up kind of thinking that you just treat everybody the same out of like a fairness kind of situation. (laughs) Yes, grew up in a very like fairness kind of family. But like just understanding like you're you're interacting with such a wide variety of people. Of course, things are going to be different for different people. And you're going to you're going to have a different you're going to need different sets of like skills and tools based on how you interact with people and who those people are and how they interact with you. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is like the self-awareness piece of that is you're going to have to understand or, or, or let me just bring it back to myself. I had to learn how all of that, I like, I had to like hone all of that self-awareness to know how this person is going to affect me and my attitude and my emotions and how that person and maybe this person in this situation. And I know like it sounds very um, exhausting and it can be, it definitely can be, but eventually, you know, you just kind of get used to it and it's not necessarily something you think of. Uh, But what I found was when I start really having some negative thoughts around something or having some negative energy maybe uh in relation to a particular situation or with some particular people that now is the or like if i feel like oh this used to be great and now it's not (laughs) that's like a that that now is like a okay well let's examine this and let's see what's going on because that's not how things are for me. Like I'm a, you know, my kind of resting space is positivity and a positive outlook and optimism and a general things are okay. 
And if it's not, okay, well, I know that's going to happen, but it's also a call to let's reflect. <laughs> let's see what's happening. Uh, and I really, I just, I really appreciate Sometimes I feel like I I actually appreciate the times where I'm maybe feeling a little less than happy <laughs> because it's like, ooh, you know, it's like perk up, like, uh-oh, something's going on. Let's look at this. And not in a way to like avoid, but just like, a, uh-oh, be on the lookout, caution, <laughs> kind of uh, like something's going on here. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I feel like sometimes the way you look at a situation, like I know that most people are classically thinking, and I will give this, you know, the example that probably when people think of positivity and happiness, it's when you change the way you look at something that you think was negative, okay, and you switch it to make it, you see the positive aspects of it, you can actually go from being unhappy to happy. That is the traditional way I think people perceive positivity and happiness. And we like to avoid that a little bit because we don't want people to be like, if you're sad, well, just think of the happy parts. If they don't inherently make you happy, I'm not going to try and guilt you into being like, but mm-hmm. just because you didn't get cake on your birthday, some people are starving. Do you know what I mean? In that moment, honestly, I thought I was going to have a cake. Okay, right. I get it. All right, that it, it's doing nothing for me. However, there is times when that works. I'll give you an example. Why, yes, we have an example. There was, I I was a comedian for a long time. And um, I ended up being an expert on some advice forum. And I thought it was going to be an expert about like writing like a joke or something. But it turned out sometimes it was an expert on how to get started in comedy, which I do know, like, as I started open mics and I know, you know, places and what to do. And this young person actually wrote me. And they were really sad because they were going to study performing arts at an out-of-state school that was expensive. And their family had some financial hardships. And she was not a, she was now going to have to go to community college. Now, I went to community college. And I will say, because of my age, I told her what I knew to be true. And I said this, unless you go to Harvard for comedy... You know, because the Harvard Lampoon, look at Conan, you know, look at BJ Novak. Harvard will get you somewhere. But unless you're going to Harvard, uh, if you're paying cash for your community college and not getting into a big loan, that is going to be great for your comedy career. Because there's nothing that pays worse than the beginning part of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And the idea that you have to pay back those loans and that your parents are going to know that you're going into comedy and they've spent all that money, it's happiness is never yours. I have too many friends. I said, be glad to go to community college because you can start doing open mics in your town right now. You don't want to be in LA or New York your first couple of years. I had some of the best shows of my life before I moved to LA because the audiences are better. Once you've got a little bit of success, you could transfer to a to UCLA. You can transfer to a place in New York, you know what I mean, for the other two years of your college. Your parents aren't going to feel as terrible about it. They're they're rarely going to be the parents that are going to be excited that you're choosing to do stand-up. Mm-hmm. You've already started to make some money and you have some inroads. You've got a better argument. So the truth of the matter is, I know the name of the school. I know the name of the program. That wasn't going to make you a famous comic. What's going to make you a famous comic is being funny and actually being funny without that huge amount of debt that you were going to take out. And then your parents, it's the best thing in the world. 
just go ahead and stay where you are. Here's the local comedy club. Go to that open mic over there. Your 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 career is set. And she was actually because I knew a lot of successful comedians. I was like an authority on the subject. She was psyched to hear that she was better off mm-hmm. taking out those big loans because they didn't qualify for them anymore because of their earnings. And just being like, oh, my God, you mean I could start being a comedian tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Why wait? Why wait till two years from now after you've spent, you know, $80,000 when you can just go to yuck yucks? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So sometimes, and she was really excited and she did go. So my point is sometimes looking at things in a different way can actually bring, like you thought it was a disappointment and then you see the opportunity and that positivity directly leads to happiness in a situation that you thought was sad. It Mm -hmm. can really go that way. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because that's, you know, that is the key of reframing something, right? Like Mm -hmm. just reframing the way that we're thinking of it. And um, you know, when you were talking about that and, um, talking earlier about, you know, positivity and how we're looking at things. And sometimes, you know, there is how we think about how we think about things. I did write down one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite phrases is thoughts aren't facts. Uh, and one of the keys to me, uh, working through, uh, this positivity work and kind of getting to the mindset, you know, where I'm at, where I am at now, um, is really having to come to that, really coming to that realization is that thoughts aren't facts. (laughs) And so, and that's not to say that, um, it, it, that kind of goes along with when you were talking about the reaction piece, right? like having those immediate reactions to whatever is, you know, that immediate reaction to whatever uh, uh, situation that you're in or whatever kind of somebody is doing and the first thoughts that you're having about that. And I think that, um, again, I'm going to come back to that piece of thoughts aren't facts being related to that sense of self-awareness. And so Um, I know you and I have talked about it before of like, what are our getting the sense of self-awareness rather of kind of identifying what are our kind of signals. And and once you start kind of looking out for different uh, situations where you maybe tend to get into being a little reactive, a little negative, or what, what things, the other thing I wrote down are, what are the things that um, help you support or help foster a positive, help foster or support positivity for you? Um, making a list of those things can be really just as helpful as like watching out for the negativity. We don't always have to be on the lookout, I guess, for the, <laughs> for the negative stuff. Um, but like, what are the things that uh, help you with the positivity? What are the things that help uh, with gratitude, like being able to look and see gratitude. I know you mentioned um, uh, talking about, you know, sometimes when the positivity is really like really flowing and how, you know, looking outside and just seeing kind of the day differently can be, can be kind of one of those things. But, and I say that because if we're looking at positivity and happiness, it is understanding, or excuse me, the self-awareness piece is just what are those things um, I had to, I had to 
like understand for myself what what helps me be more positive, what helps me um, to be happy, what helps me be grateful. I love, you know, okay, this sounds, I'm not even going to qualify it. You know what? It doesn't matter. I love space. So you know what? What makes me positive and happy and just feel very, it's so, it may sound weird, but what makes me feel very connected is watching stuff, like just watching space videos, watching astronauts do spacewalks, watching videos about I don't know, stuff in space. It's so weird. Sometimes I don't get it, but I love it. And it just makes me feel calm and happy. And if I'm really stressed out and I need to be a little more positive about things, then I go to YouTube and I watch space videos and I feel better. I love that you brought up doing things that make you feel better because I have found that when I stopped doing things that made me feel worse, my life got better. And I know that sounds obvious. (laughs) However, at the beginning of the pandemic, we both had to stop each other from doom scrolling Mm -hmm. because I was so concerned with what everybody else was doing. I didn't focus on the fact that I am, I have the good fortune of being in a room alone. Nobody is actively breathing COVID onto me right now. And for the majority of the pandemic, which is a very unusual place for me to be, I get to be grateful for that. I don't get, I mean, I can, I could take the opportunity to constantly doom scroll and then spend my time like calling people. Like there's a, there's a person who's a good friend of mine who I cannot talk to during these times because all he does is obsess over the fact that everybody's not doing what he wants them to do, despite the fact that there are some very obvious gifts. He's one of the wealthiest people I know, and he has the good fortune to be able to not have any children that are in school right now, so he doesn't have to worry about that very real stressor. He has his Mm -hmm. life devoid of a lot of the stressors that I would say most of the people are going through right now, and so is mine. And so it doesn't behoove me to basically take my bucket of good fortune and just sort of pee in that bucket. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to do that. But I know a lot of people. I I know when I'm doom scrolling. I know when I'm watching too much news and having invisible arguments with people who aren't there. I know when I'm on social media, just deliberately agitating myself and getting that algorithm activated so that it's feeding me more people who have contrary opinions to mine so that... They can hijack my attention and I could waste my life. It's it's not something that I'm looking for. And if I'm deliberately annoying myself, I'm robbing myself of happiness. But if I'm looking at p- pictures of space, I found that sometimes Billy Joel once talked about, they're like, how do you write songs? And he talked about, he gets dressed in a nice suit, like in a, you know, a good looking suit. And he goes to a cafe and orders a cappuccino, I believe, or some type of cool coffee. And he has his great pen and he is the songwriter writing in the cafe. Mm. And he's right. He's written some great songs. Think of however you want to think about it. You got, everybody gets to have their opinion on that. But the truth is, I think he's written some great songs. And when I allow myself to relish in being a writer, I enjoy my work more. And when I have, And a lot of people think realistic expectations. People have used the concept of realistic expectations to basically, um, it's like the sledgehammer of dream crushing is you got to be realistic. I don't mean it like that. I mean, (laughs) if if I recognize that part of my dream and being excited is also the hard times. Like, I'll give you an example. 
two two quick examples because I know we're running long. I came to LA. I came out west to seek my fortune. Okay, I did the suitcase in hand. I drove across. I got my own cruddy apartment, and I'm sitting in there. And I believe uh, it was my friend Al Rondon came into my apartment. And he was like, "So, what do you call this design aesthetic? Early crack den? Like, because <laughs> it was just like an air mattress, Brianna, and a card table and chairs." And I remember, because I was young at the time, that's the time you want to do that. I remember laughing at him saying that and thinking, I really am doing it, aren't I? Mm. Like, I remember, like, I never dated a lot in high school and I was never popular. And I remember distinctly going to a party with my friend Chrissy and being there and her going off with... um one of the guys who was hosting the party and then them ending the party. And then I was left with the other guy that lived there. And I was like, Oh, like they're like making out in some corner somewhere. And I'm like, my ride and your guy, your roommate are gone. And I don't know what to do. And anyway, the guy was really cute, Brianna. And so I ended up kind of like, we'll just say, we'll just call it spending time. Um, And we left our numbers on this fridge and then we stayed out till dawn and um, they never called us again, and we were so sad. And but I wasn't really sad, Brianna. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god! I was um, like, we were sneaking out. Do you know what I mean? At the house in the morning, and leaving our numbers on the fridge, and then laughing and running across the street, obviously doing what people would call the walk of shame, because like the sun is coming up, but we've been out all night, and we're still in night clothes. And to me, Brianna, I felt like I was living, mm-hmm. because. A lot of people might consider that whole situation, that's really sad, Christy, that's desperate or whatever, have your judgments about me. But for me, it was the first time I felt young because I'd always been very responsible and Mm -hmm. never been that silly. And the truth of the matter is I felt young and it is one of my happiest memories because the way I look at it was I just never thought I could be that girl, that girl that went on dates or met guys at parties or did any of that. I never, when I was a kid, I always dreamed of being, you know, they make movies about people who moved to Hollywood. I remember driving up and seeing the Hollywood sign and a friend of mine were going to his cruddy apartment in North Hollywood and somebody's going to come over for this like really indie spec commercial and they're going to dye his hair in his sink. And we're like, God, we're living the life. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and other people are like, okay, you're, driving a piece of crap car and you're stuck in traffic in LA, but we're like, we're doing it. This traffic sucks. We really live in LA. And um, yeah, that is how positivity can be happiness. You can change perspectives, but you've got to do it in a way that feels necessary for you. And having a realistic expectation, I didn't go into LA thinking that I was immediately going to get superstardom. I went in knowing that there would be hard times and knowing that other people talk about those hard times being good times at the time. And I was able to experience them as good times at the time. And it can work. Absolutely. It can work. And I just, I am, you know, I know we've talked about it before. It is, you know, it's something that we continue to work on ourselves. It's why we're, it's why we're doing this, you know, aside from wanting to just put something out there that's positive and hopefully helpful to others. We're, we're working on this still uh, for, for ourselves and still, you know, learning and still, I think what's great is being able to see the, you know, after two years of doing this, being able to continue to learn new things and then also be able to see the growth and, um, you know, see positive growth, 
positive growth from positivity. Woohoo! Um, but then also just to see how, you know, for me, be able being able to see how these times of even in the you know, even in these challenging times, and we've done whole episodes on 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 challenge, right? Um, overall, I, I I really believe at the heart of it, I am a positive person. I am an optimistic person. I'm a resilient person, and it is because we've been doing this work. And overall, um, I I just I can't say enough for taking. I don't, I, I, I just can't say enough about doing this work, taking the plunge, I guess. I don't know if that's quite the right word. It's not that dramatic. Um, I guess I'm just saying I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I don't, I, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. I think gratitude is the perfect place to segue into this week's mission. And this week's mission is to take a moment every day to do one thing, could be being grateful, but it could be another thing to do one thing that puts you in a positive and or happy mood. And we would love to hear from you. Tell us what you did. And now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Go to positiveviewpodcast.com. That's positiveviewpodcast.com. And then just click on the message icon and you can leave us a voicemail. Yep. And just a reminder, new episodes now come out every other Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and rate us because it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.